What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Corona crazy. The mainstream media, Democrat Party, cabal, working overtime to instill fear from coast to coast over this crazy, simple little virus. But there's a nefarious political reason for it. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of The Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. When people believed everything they heard on TV. This was an age when only men were allowed to read the news. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. And suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. In other words, Graham Ledger was the balls. Mm. I look good. I mean, really good. Hey, everyone! Come and see how good I look! Continues to spread. People across the country are looking for answers, they're looking for action, and they're looking for reinsurance that we are prepared for this. Unfortunately, the administration's response so far has not inspired confidence, quite the opposite. What exactly do you want this White House to do, diminutive senator from the great state of Washington? What would you like Donald Trump to do? What is Donald Trump doing wrong? What is Vice President Mike Pence doing wrong. How can the White House reassure you that they're doing everything they can to try and stop the spread of the coronavirus? What is it that this White House has to do? I know the answer. It's, it's relatively simple. This White House has to be taken over by the Democrats. And then everything the White House does will be just fine. Nancy Pelosi believes that the quintessential response to an outbreak was the Obama administration handling Ebola. <laughs> the Ebola outbreak was in Africa, uh, not on the continental United States. And we didn't have this contagion going on. But the panic that is 
gripping certain sectors of our society and the canceling of concerts and talking about hosting basketball games with no fans and people are walking around with these masks, these surgical masks, and clearing store shelves of surgical masks. I was listening to a radio program out of Los Angeles, and the doctor was saying that, hey, you know, this is local clinic. He's a uh, pulmonary specialist. His local clinic had uh, maybe about a two- or three-day supply of masks remaining because they can't find any. <laughs> the dirty little secret about the mask is, yeah, go ahead and wear one if you are sick, but it's going to do very little to prevent you from getting sick. And one of the reasons why is because a lot of times these viruses, when they're picked up on your fingers or, or somebody sneezes, it's transmitted through your eye and the fluid in your eye. So you touch your eye, if you, you touch the counter that, that has been uh, infected, somebody has some goo on there of some kind, and you touch it and then you touch your eye, bam, then you get the virus, whether it's Corona or Budweiser or uh, my favorite, the Heineken virus. Hello, everyone. Again, I'm Graham Ledger, and this is the Ledger Report. And my goal through something like this is to step back and look at things in a very rational manner because right now people are not looking at this virus rationally. And we have people running around out there talking about the death rate of the coronavirus of somewhere around 3.4%. Now, wait a minute. Just hold on a minute on that 3.4%. A couple things here. People clearly are walking around in this country with the virus. They don't know they have it. So that particular example of, of a person walking around with corona, they don't know they have it, haven't been diagnosed. A couple things about that. They're asymptomatic is what you call it. Um... Number one, they're not counted in the aggregate, obviously, right? They're not counted in the total number of diagnosed cases. So as the pool of diagnosed cases increases and the death rate remains relatively minimal, that death percentage rate is going to shrink necessarily. It's not going to grow. 3.4% is way out of whack. I would bet my house that a year from now, after this entire silly fiasco is, is a distant memory, and, and people look back at it and go, hmm, kind of reminds me of Y2K, doesn't it? All this panic going on, that the, the sky is falling, and then nothing really happened. Sure, there are some people who have died. And obviously, that's, that's a tragedy, and, and we want to mitigate any kind of damage to our society. 109,000 cases confirmed, 3,800 uh, deaths. In the United States, the total confirmed cases is around 500. Um, and the United States has had how many fatalities? I think it's 11. Um, overall, though, if you look at the, the total number, of, of cases, 109,000, 80,000 of them in China. Italy, for some reason, has been hit real hard. Uh, it's just the way a virus goes. 7,300 cases. South Korea, 7,300 cases. Iran, we don't know the number. They say it's 6,500. could be 65,000 for all we know. But the bottom line is this is the way 
a, a flu goes. And so the panic is, is, is the thing that's getting me. And, and irrational thinking of people going out and clearing the store shelves of masks and, and clearing store shelves of water and 7-Elevens jacking up the price of water, gouging, this, people buying Spam, stocking up on the Vienna sausages. This is just cuckoo. A year from now, people are going to laugh at this. I wish I had bought some stock in whoever the heck makes these uh, surgical mas- masks. That said, by the way, the stock market. The, the fear and loathing that's going on in the stock market is classic. It is quintessential moment in time to buy. It's so counterintuitive when the market goes down, but it's the right thing to do. And if you were, if you had the guts... Back in 2008, 2009, when the market was tanking. This is not a 2008, 2009 uh, drop. This is not even, a, I wouldn't even call it a correction. It's just totally driven by irrational fear. Warren Buffett always says, be fearful when people are greedy, be greedy when people are fearful. And this is a moment in time to be greedy, to go ahead and, Pick up some stocks that are on sale right now. Because, again, a year from now, I don't know where the Dow is going to be. But odds are it's going to be higher. We just know history. Odds are the Dow is going to be higher a year from now than it is today. So go ahead. Don't panic. Be rational. Think about things. Think about things in a rational way. Um, Go about your lives. They're talking about canceling Coachella now, which is, I guess, considered the preeminent music festival in the United States. They're talking about canceling Coachella. This is a a festival where, I guess, I don't know, an order of 100,000 people show up on on various days of uh, two consecutive weekends. It's outside in the the sun and in the desert. Uh, it's, It's a wonderful time for mostly young kids. I've never been. My daughter's been. And it, it seems to be a, a fun time had by all. And people are out in the, uh, in the fresh air. Why would you cancel that? Why would you talk about holding basketball games with no audience, with no fans? I, you know, and I don't agree with LeBron James on anything, but he said, I'm not going to play any games without fans. <laughs> I don't blame him. I, on this one, I tend to agree with him. Rational. Be rational. The flu. This this thing, in the end, is going to turn out to be no more harmful and probably less harmful overall than the flu. I, I feel it in my gut. I know it. It's, it's going to happen. The flu affects 45 million Americans. 45 million. And what's the number we're, we're talking about in this country? A few hundred? Okay, well, it hasn't run its course yet. No, it hasn't run its course yet, but... We, but it doesn't appear to me to be tracking at the same rate of the flu. And the mortality rate on the flu this year is going to be 30, 40, 50, possibly 60,000 people dead in this country because of the flu. 
and we're worried about the corona. We're, we're panicking about the coronavirus. The interesting thing about the corona, what we're learning uh, uh, about it, is that it appears that cases in children are rare, which is fascinating to me. And we know that the, the folks that are succumbing, unfortunately, to corona are elderly, n- not necessarily terribly old, but people with underlying health conditions, some sort of uh, lung problem or, or possibly a, uh, another infection or, or, or something like that. And so they're susceptible, like they are to the flu. It's the same thing with the flu. And it's why doctors want people who are elderly and who have these underlying health conditions to get flu shots. I don't get a flu shot. My doctor looked at me and he said, hey, it's a pretty good one this year. And I look back and I said, no, it probably, you know, I, at some point I'll, I'll get a flu shot. I, I just know that there's this X percent chance that you get the flu after you get the shot. And ugh, it's just the last thing I would uh, want to have happen. But the point is, is that we don't paralyze this country. We don't sell stocks. We don't go out and buy cases and cases of water and start hoarding masks because of the flu. Yet it kills this year. It You know, I, I hope it would be zero but it's not and so the flu the flu this year in the season as what they call it 2019-2020 is going to kill tens of thousands of Americans that's the bottom line how many has the coronavirus killed a handful and one person is one too many I know that but we're talking about a virus and we're talking about the cold and flu season it's the cold and flu season but here it is, March, and the weather's starting to get a little bit warmer. And just like with the flu, as the weather gets warmer, the season, the cold and flu season begins to subside. Yeah, people can get a cold. I suppose they can get the flu in the middle of summer. I've, I've seen people with colds in the middle of summer. It's not a fun thing to do and to have happen, but uh, it, it does happen. The cold and flu season's got to run its course. And so here we are, running its course. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the coronavirus. So why can't we just let it run its course? But, of course, the, the, the Democrats want to turn this into uh, reason du jour to fire Donald Trump from the White House. You know, they failed at Mueller. They failed at Comey. They failed at Russian collusion. They failed at impeachment. And so now it's corona. And Nancy Pelosi and company are accusing this White House of not responding correctly. I'd like to know where the manual is, by the way, uh, to respond to a virus. There's only so much a government can do to combat a bug. That's what this is, a bug. Roll tape. So I, so I think there were some mistakes that were made, but not so. Stop tape. Nobody's going to be perfect in a situation like this. This is uncharted territory. But the one thing that this White House and this president has done very, very well from the beginning, and I, 
I hesitate to say the beginning because we don't know exactly where the beginning was, right? We started to hear about this largely in January, infecting people in China, um, and then it began to creep out effectively in uh, in February. But, you know, in, in December, early January, coronavirus to most Americans would be something that you get down in Cabo after a, a long night of uh, indulging at Cabo Wabo, right? That's the coronavirus to most Americans prior to early 2020. Okay, so we we know what it is right now. And the, as, as soon as the White House got a, a handle on this thing, the president was front and center, and he created this task force early on, and he began communicating with the American people, and then he appointed Vice President Pence to head the task force. If there is a textbook on how to respond to something like this, I think we're witnessing it out of the White House. The one thing that the people of the United States, no matter who the president is, wants to know in a situation like this, I don't even call it a crisis. If it's a crisis, it's self-inflicted. It's man-made. It's not virus-made. It's self-inflicted on Wall Street right now. It's self-inflicted for these masks disappearing. <laughs> it's, I, I could just imagine, I'm sure there's a black market for surgical masks. But the the point is, is that the president, I think, has done a marvelous job here uh, communicating with the American people about what's going on, and, and that's what we deserve, and that's what we want. Unfortunately, we have the Democrats on the other side of the aisle, led by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, telling the American people that the White House is not doing it right and not doing enough. And that sows fear, which sometimes breeds panic, which apparently has engulfed Wall Street, which means it's a time to buy stocks. Roll tape. So much to dwell on them, but to go into the future and say, we can't do that. The people who are there in the Obama administration, in the National Security Council and related agencies who are there for these, this particular purpose. Stop tape. See, Nancy and company cannot stand the fact that Donald Trump is attempting to run certain elements of the federal Leviathan like a business. And so he sees these people sitting around, literally, at the CDC or whatever agency, and, and he says, hey, we don't need to keep them on the payroll. And so he cuts them loose. And this, I think, is a wonderful thing. And as a businessman, it's like hiring a contractor, right? You don't need to keep your electrician, your electrical contractor, on the payroll 365 days a year when you're building a house or remodeling. You just need to bring them in when you need them, right? So when you're tearing down a wall, you're remodeling your house, or you're wiring a new house, you don't have them standing around, you know, waiting while they're framing the walls um, and, and, and uh, working on the foundation and, and, and doing the plumbing or, or when you're tearing down the wall, if you're remodeling. No, you bring the electrician in when you got the walls up or the walls opened up or framed or what have you just before you put the drywall in <laughs> and you let the electrician do his thing. This is the way... The president is attempting to run certain elements 
of the United States government. Of course, you can't do that with many. For example, the United States military, we can't say, hey, you know what, uh, we'll call you when we need you. Now, we do that with the reserves, but that's to bulk things up when necessary. No, we need to have a police force for our uh, country. We call it the United States military. And the same thing with, with local police. You can't just say, hey, you know, you can have a volunteer fire department, sure, but it doesn't always work all that well. And you certainly um, can't have a volunteer police department in the city of New York, I don't think. So um, this White House is now responding and beefing up CDC if, if it needs it. They signed this, uh, the president signed this $8 billion coronavirus emergency package. You know, this is the thing that bothers me about Washington, D.C., is that, okay, we just threw $8 billion at this. Fine. All right. Yeah. You got to pay for some test kits. $8 billion. Where's that money really going? And I know it's supposed to ostensibly be dispersed to the states and, and local levels, but really, $8 billion. And, you know, I, I a little sidebar here. Rand Paul was the only one to vote against this. So the, the in the United States Senate, the vote was, uh, I don't know, 99 to 1 or 98 to 1 or whatever it was, but he was the one. And the reason, and remember, Rand Paul is a doctor, and the reason he voted no wasn't because he's not serious about the coronavirus and, and is not understanding the threat that it is, and, and it's not because he doesn't support the government responding. It's because the Congress has violated the pay-as-you-go rule. And if you're not familiar with that, uh, it is simply the way you run your budget at your house. And that is if you uh, suddenly have a, a bill, unexpected bill, of, say, uh, $200 from uh, maybe you have to have uh, root canal. I don't think... The $200 is enough for root canal, so let's say $1,000 for a root canal, and you don't have any insurance. Well, guess what? What are you going to do this month? Well, you're maybe not going to go out and uh, buy that new flat screen that you were going to spend $1,000 on. So you cut back on your planned spending on the flat screen to pay for your root canal. Well, this is ostensibly the way it's supposed to work for the federal government. And so Rand Paul's point is very simple. Okay, fine. You want to vote yes on the $8 billion? You're going to have to find $8 billion in the federal government to get rid of, to balance it out. And I, I have to tell you, I, I agree with that. Even in a case of an emergency for the crisis like this one, and I don't believe this is an emergency, and I don't believe it's a crisis, and I firmly believe the federal government is extremely limited in trying to combat a bug. How well have we fought back the flu every year, hmm? How, how well have we stopped the cold and the flu? <laughs> we haven't, and we never will. The government is not the be-all, end-all. The best response to corona is wash your hands. It's what your mom told you. Wash your hands. And what San Francisco had done to that passenger ship and and the 5000 people on board absolutely immoral and and so hypocritical or ironic coming from a city that is a so-called quote sanctuary for illegal immigrants 
so they can thrive. And they're in this country illegally. And they bestow upon these illegal immigrants my constitutional rights. Yet the city of San Francisco does not allow this passenger ship, this cruise liner, to dock filled with Americans, U.S. citizens. No sanctuary for the cruise ship, but plenty of sanctuary for illegal immigrants. And I'm not a doctor, but there's something wrong with the way these cruise ships are being handled, where they're being locked on board. And anybody who's been on a cruise ship knows, or any kind of ship, when you're inside a vessel like that, it is just stuffy and, you know, kind of sweaty and I hate to use the word, but stinky sometimes. You are locking those people into a giant floating petri dish and people are surprised that the virus spreads on a ship? Of course it does. Everything spreads on those ships. I don't think they're cleaned very well. I'm I'm positive they're not cleaned very well. You know, if you ran one of those those lights like they do in, in hotel rooms once in a while and it picks up all the DNA and stuff on the bedspreads, if you ran that over any kind of a typical cruise liner, I think the whole thing would light up. It'd be one giant floating neon sign of uh, massive amounts of uh, DNA or whatever, viruses or what have you. It's part of the mind-boggling panic that has gripped this country over the coronavirus. This is the cold and flu season, ladies and gentlemen. This, too, shall pass. Just remember what your mommy told you, and that is wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes after you fill gas at the gas station. That's among the dirtiest on the planet in terms of germs that handle on the gasoline pump. Don't touch your eyes after you open up a a door at the post office, if you grip the handle, not a good idea. Just take some simple preventative measures. If you don't want to go out in crowds, fine. I, you know, I tend to avoid crowds in the wintertime anyway. doesn't mean I won't go to a festival or a concert or a street fair or a ball game. Go on with your lives, ladies and gentlemen. It is a virus. A virus, as they say, at some point... This, too, shall pass. This edition of the Legendary Report is on its way to the archive.